welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. This is Charles Kelly. How are you all doing? Uh, I'm going out today on uh, both Facebook Live and I'm also recording for YouTube and for my podcast, uh, which goes out on things like iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify and that sort of thing. So uh, I'll I'll be doing a multi-broadcast here. So I I look forward to uh, serving you today with some really good information. So what I wanted to start with today is to ask you a question. Are your limiting beliefs holding you back? Now, what I mean by beliefs, um, you know, many of us have a kind of a baggage that we we carry around really throughout our lives. Uh, and, and you could describe these limiting beliefs as as a, as a bag or a hump on your back like a, like a camel. And these beliefs are all stored in there, not literally stored in your back, but these beliefs in your brain and in your heart, you know, can, can really uh, change your life. It can define your life in, in many ways. Now, most of these limiting beliefs, um, I'd say, are really just fixed ideas that it's just an idea that we've learned through maybe our experiences, uh, maybe from from childhood or adulthood. Uh, in, in some cases, it can be from our parents, our school teachers, our friends, lovers, teachers, whatever. Uh, that, but these learned beliefs can can really stay with you uh, for, for a lifetime. And, and uh, we've got to look at those and say, well, you know, what are these learned beliefs? Now, unfortunately, many of these many of these beliefs are are negative. Um, you know, if, if they were good beliefs, then you probably wouldn't be, be worried about them. But many of them are negative and they often come from negative people, uh, people who are perhaps not that successful. Um, they're not the winners in life, but they, they are negative people and often you know, have a problem. You know, and, and you can see this, you know, when people say something like, I don't like that sort of person. Or I don't like this. I don't like people from here. You know, they're, they're very negative beliefs. And, and these can become ingrained in us. And I'll go into to some of these, um, you know, a bit later, but they're, they're, you're carrying them around like a, black, a backpack, a heavy backpack. And depending on how many of these beliefs you've got in your backpack, it can really kind of slow you down throughout your life. And we drag them along into to, to new relationships, into jobs, uh, in, into all sorts of situations, and and they can really uh, damage relationships and damage your your progress in in jobs. You know, uh, I, I remember when I was working in companies, they were always looking for people who had you know not just the right talent and and the right uh, ability, but they were looking for people with the right attitude. They wanted people that kind of fitted in with with that with the group. And I know it sounds like you've got to conform, but you know they didn't want somebody that was completely different and 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 always. At, at odds with with the management, I remember this guy saying to me, "We want people who fit in." Um, maybe that's why I no longer work there. No, that, that's another. That's a long story. But um, you know, an example of these beliefs, um, and these are learned beliefs. By by the way, you're not you're not born with them. They're not in your DNA. They're not like um, instincts. They're, they're just learned beliefs. An example might be: um, I don't trust men. I don't trust women. 
rich people are evil. That's that's a very common one. That rich people are evil. Uh, they're fat cats. They're they're all like crooks and this sort of thing. That that's quite a common belief. Um, you know, people of a certain race are, are this or that. People of a certain age are are this or that. You know, uh, money is the root of evil. That's one of the classic learned beliefs. Money is the root of all evil. Which you know, as I said in my book, yes, money can buy you happiness. It's just not true because the, it's just a complete misquote. Uh, that that's. Uh, the book there, Yes, Money Can Buy Happiness. One of the reasons I wrote it was because there was so much negativity around money. Um, and, you know, money is the root of all evil is a misquote. It comes from a biblical quote in the New Testament, which was for the love of money is the root of all evil. But, you know, throughout the Bible, uh, most of the people mentioned in the Bible were, in fact, quite wealthy people. You know, you think of Solomon and um, many, many of the other people. I'm not going to name them all, but Abraham and, and these were, were wealthy people. And, and they said things like God gave them blessings and, and they bestowed blessings on them and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, this this money is the root of all evil is, is just a, a misquote. And it's been carried in. You know, they've taken out for the love of money and they put it in as money is root of all evil. Um, and so and, and another belief is that, you know, somebody's nice or wants to do something for us you know we can be suspicious oh what do they want in return what are you after you know what, what what's the catch you know that's really that's another learned belief uh, but but the main ones around money are things like you know rich people and fat cats and you hear it all the time from from the left in politics you know we should tax these rich and get them and let's squeeze them until the, the pips dry they're not paying their fair share even though they pay most of the taxes and, and these sort of things almost a belief that they didn't get their money in an honest way, that they've somehow ripped people off. They've deprived other people of money because they made a lot of money, which is, again, is not true. They expand money. You know, if you go back to the classic example of Henry Ford uh, in, in the early part of the last century, you know, when he became, I suppose, the equivalent of a billionaire then, uh, he... he he expanded the whole economy, not only in, in Detroit and in his area and in, and in England when he came and built factories here, but he expanded the world's economy by expanding wealth. He paid his workers more. They were able to go out and buy things. They were able to go out and buy cars. So almost single-handedly built the, the car industry of mass production in the car industry. So that's another, another example. And if you think about um, you know, mobile phones, you know, they, mobile phone providers you know, have, have connected the world and, you know, 20, 30 years ago, there used to be a quote that half the world hadn't even made a phone call because there were no landlines everywhere. Now with mobile phones, the world is connected. And, you know, we spend more on our mobile phones every month than, than you know, my parents used to spend in a quarter on their old, old bill. And the old bills were so expensive. You know, to call Australia was like a really big deal. It could cost 30 or 40 pounds. You know, now you can do these things free. So, and this has expanded the economy. It's expanded jobs and new technology expands the economy. So, so don't think that, you know, wealthy people are depriving other people of money just because um, they uh, are making money themselves. It's usually quite the opposite. You know, there's plenty of money to go around. And, and, you know, this, this is another belief, you know, uh, that there's not enough money around. There's no money around. Now, yes, we are in, in, in a recession, but it doesn't mean that there's not money around. It just means that, you know, people with money are holding back. You know, they're frightened to invest. Uh, of course, there are people that haven't got money at the moment. And, and it's tough. I mean, our economy is definitely in the winter months. It's definitely in winter. But that doesn't mean there's no money around. If you've got an idea, if you've got a business proposition and it's good and it's, and it's got legs, 
There's loads of uh, investors around. There are still meetings every month that I go to in London, which are like Dragon's Den, uh, Shark Tank type of meetings where people go and pitch their ideas. And, you know, millions of pounds and even billions are being raised every day on the markets for new business. Um, I mean, Boris Johnson was talking today in Parliament and he said that there are 120 now unicorns uh, in Britain. These are, are tech companies that are now worth more than a billion. And that's more than France, Germany, and I think one other country mentioned, uh, maybe Italy, more than those countries put together uh, of unicorns that have built up in, in the last few years, even during you know one of our worst periods in, in history. So look, don't drag these limiting beliefs around. And, and as I said, they're, they're deeply ingrained in our mind, like a default setting on a computer. You've got to try and go into the settings and, and remove it. And, and there are lots of programs around to help you, you do that and just replace those with, with a new setting. People carry these beliefs around because of their, as I said, per, per previous experiences. And I think unless they deal with them, um, they, they can slow you down for the rest of their lives. And it, it's not a question of these things are going to go away. You know, you have to really deal with them, whether it's some sort of therapy, reading a book, uh, taking a course. You, you really have to deal with them. Now, I'm not um, you know, selling a course on, on how to get rid of limiting beliefs. That's that's not my my thing. You, you've got to find these things. But there are lots of things out there to help you through uh, get, get over limiting beliefs. Tony Robbins is a famous one with, with the use of an, an NLP type technique, Paul McKenna. You know, and, and they, they found that through things like NLP, they can rid people of beliefs and phobias and fears like the fear of flying, the fear of dogs, the fear of snakes, uh, the fear of open spaces. You know, whereas therapists used to take years to deal with these, they could deal with these in an instant using the techniques in NLP. So I'd certainly recommend you, you learn something about things like NLP. Um, you know, and but unfortunately, a lot of people say, you know, rather than dealing with these beliefs, um, they, they kind of almost expect us to... Um, you know, you know, accept them. This is me. This is how I am. You've got to accept me. This is me. What they should be doing with these beliefs is taking that backpack off. And, and this is a bit of an NLP technique. It's taking that backpack off and, and say, these are my beliefs, you know, closing your eyes and, and, and sort of throwing those into a virtual fire or, or putting them onto a, a little boat and watching it sail off into the sunset to be gone forever. This is one of the ways you can get rid of these limiting beliefs. It takes a bit of concentration. It takes a bit of meditation, if you, if you like. Um, but that's a better way of trying to deal with these beliefs. And it can be done in an instant and then they're gone rather than saying, look, this is me. This is how I am. You take me or leave me. You know, this is this is me. I've got this belief and you have to you know, put up or shut up, that sort of thing. You know, that, that that's not a good way to be in life. It, it doesn't really promote certainly good relationships with, with family, with friends, with, with loved ones. You know, that's not the way to be. Um, it's as if people expect us to accommodate our beliefs um, and just, just, just take them. Um, you know, maybe, you know, you don't say it directly to people, this is, you've got to accept them, but you're almost saying, look, this is how I am, you know, um, and, and that's not, not really a good way. And it's, it's mostly based on your past experiences. Um, it's something you've learned, maybe a, a mistake, like you've learned from your parents that money is the root of all evil. So you, you've got to try and change that. And, you know, if, if you're saying this is what I believe and this is how I've had the experience, just because of some, let's face it, some guy says, oh, rich people are all evil and that sort of thing, um, then it's, it's really going to hold you back and, and, and it spoils the experience of everyone around you. And it's particularly with the young, the young, you know, young can be affected by this. And, 
you know, politics comes into it sometimes, but but it, you've got to be very very careful with this. That, that's what that's what that's what I'm trying to say. So it, it is a bit absurd, really, that we learn something from sometimes a, a loser about money that hasn't got any money, and then we we carry that around everywhere, and we're almost repelling money because we believe that money is is evil. And it might sound a bit woo woo, but you know your very attitude can repel people if you've got. Uh, a bad set of beliefs, if you like. So you're probably very, very careful. And at the extreme of these limiting beliefs are, um, you know, unfortunately, various variations on religions, uh, because, you know, you've got various people in the same, they believe in the same religion, the same God, but they've got a difference in, in the way they carry out their, their religious beliefs. And, and in some cases, it leads to them literally killing them, killing each other and going to war just over beliefs. You know, over these beliefs. Now, I'm not knocking religion at all, but you know, uh, it's it's they've got to realise that you know when they say my belief is this and I'm right. You know, well you you've got to also look at that. I know it's good to have convictions and that sort of thing, but you know, you, you you're going to go out and kill somebody because you believe that this is my my religion and and this is the way it is. And uh, it, it's unfortunate that people of of the same religion believing in the same god believing in the same like like it could be christianity it could be islam because they have a difference in opinions over the way the religion should be run they, they literally go to war and and can end up uh, killing them killing each other over this and you know many you know you may be brought up to believe that people from a certain country uh, are are you know based on a certain fact that they your country might have had a war with those people in that country and you know this war might have taken place 50, 60, 100 years ago, but people in that country still believe that, you know, the people in that, that, that country that they had a war with or their grandfather had a war with are, are bad. And, you know, that, that, that's a crazy, a crazy situation. It doesn't matter if the war could have been a century ago. So you've got to get rid of some of, some of these beliefs to, to really move forward and, and have a happy and, and successful life. And these beliefs can be formed consciously, but they're in the they're in the brain now. They're in, they're in, they're in your unconscious behaviours, and you know others can see it, and um, and and it, it really uh, you know carry you can really carry this around for life. And, and people sometimes have had uh, who've had abusive parents uh, often go on to to become abusers themselves. Now, not always, um, but it, it does happen. And this might sound a cliche as well that many people in prison today have come from. Uh, broken and abused homes um, and, and that then leads to lack of education um, and, and so on and it leads down that road that, that starts with uh, the, the way they were brought up and you know there are people in the London area in London uh, today which is one of the wealthiest cities in the world in, in one of the, the most prosperous times in, in our history that um, have never worked and lived on benefits and they pass this habit onto their children, and there are there are children in of, of these families that for three generations of families that have never worked. Now, if you're watching this from a country where there are no benefits, you might think, well, how does that work? You know, well, in this country, if you're unemployed, you get benefits, you get housing, you get free this, free that, Every, everything's handed to you on a plate. Now, these benefits are very small, and I'm not saying people live a life of luxury on them, but for some people, they say, well, this is enough. This is all I want. I'm happy to sit around the house all day. Um, and do nothing I'd, I'd rather do that than go out to work and that, that habit gets passed on to children and I saw a, a, a TV documentary about this I think it was called Benefits Britain or something and then and there was a family like this three generations in Birmingham sitting around all day but the daughter of, of the mother 
I think it was from a broken home as well. She wanted to go out and get a job and she was taking on some sort of apprenticeship. And the mother was ridiculing her. She was saying, what do you think? Who do you think you are? You know, you're, you can't do this. And she was putting her down rather than encouraging her to go out and do something. She wanted, the daughter wanted to make a better life for herself, but the parents were dragging her down to their level, literally to, to their level. And you know, a recent report found that a third of children in this country actually worry about the fa- family finances, which, which, you know, and I know from coming from a, a poor family, that, that is true. Yeah, and that's the case. If you're brought up in a family where there's no money, there's, you know, where's money coming from? Money doesn't grow on trees. Where do you think we can get money from? That's only for them. That's only for those sort of people. So you do worry about money. You worry when, you know, things go wrong and you can't afford things. Uh, and that belief has almost sort of stuck with me, you know, this this thing of, um, this this sounds absurd, but even though I've got money now, um, I still sometimes have that feeling of scarcity, you know, oh, I better not spend all that money now, or, or you know, getting a taxi from London is expensive, you know, and yet I can afford it. But it's, it's that, um, and, and you know, I wrote about this in the book, and it's that mentality that's almost stuck with me, and I'm, I'm trying to get rid of that, and I largely have got rid of it, but... You know, these are things that can stick in your mind, literally, you know, from from childhood. Um, so get get rid of those limiting beliefs. Um, you know, go go into your settings. Try try NLP. There's lots of things online, free YouTube courses. Um, you know, of course, you know, in, in terms of money, you need money to, to be to live a happy and secure life. So this fact that it like money doesn't buy your happiness. Well, yeah, maybe money is not the be all and end all of, of being happy. But um, you need money. Believe me, you need money to be happy and secure. People who are struggling and in debt, they're not happy. And this has been my experience over, you know, when I was a financial advisor, seeing thousands of people over the years and and reading about people. You know, you need a certain amount of money to be happy. Now, beyond that, you might not get any happier by having double or treble that amount of money. But they've done studies on this in universities where, you know, when you reach a certain level of income, that that's the optimum happiness for people. And, and then they're, they're usually satisfied. Not everyone wants to be a millionaire and a billionaire, but you need a certain amount of money to be able to live properly, to be able to live in a nice neighborhood, to provide for your family, to do things you want to do when you want to do them. And this is what I'm talking about all the time on, on this, this money podcast is how to make more money, how to be happy with money, how to save money, how to, to economize and do the right thing with your money. So, so don't believe this thing about you know, money doesn't buy you happiness. It, it can and it does. Not It won't guarantee to buy you happiness. It won't guarantee to make you happy. If you still want to be a miserable person, you'll be a miserable person with money, whatever happens. But, you know, if you, th- it, it'll, happiness comes around, it comes about through many things. Money is one of them, but most of our happiness actually comes from the people around us. You know, if you think about, um, think about now a time when you were most happy, think about a great time you had in your life. Um, and just, just try and picture that in your mind for a second. Now, where were you? What were you doing? Who were you with? I, I can almost guarantee it will be with somebody. You'll be around people. You'll be around your family, someone you love, friends. It's unlikely that you'll be sitting at home watching Netflix on your own with with a bag of Doritos and, and sitting there like that. that that's not going to be a, a big time in your life when you were when you were really happy. And and you know, for those of people who think that you know living on your own, being single, living the, the free life is, is is fun. Yeah, it can be fun for for a year or two, but it, it's being alone. Uh, and being on your own actually actually sucks. It, it's not a great way to, to live. Um, and 
you know, we see people in, in a modern life, you know, they're, they're sitting in cafes with their, their iPads and their Air Macs and they're sitting there looking happy. But are they really happy? You know, if they're not around people, it's likely that they feel isolation and loneliness. And, and we know that humans were not designed to be isolated and loneliness. We were, we were designed to live in groups, in tribes, in communities. And, you know, the number of people, we saw this during lockdowns, that the number of people suffering mental health problems because of isolation, because of feeling alone, uh, shot up. And, and this is still going on today. The number of people in single households in the UK is at a record level, but so is depression, so is mental illness, so is suicide amongst these young people. Yes, you know, you can see people in Starbucks and that sort of thing looking looking cool. But believe, believe me, being alone is 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 not going to make you happy for long. You you might want your space, you might want your peace of mind and all that sort of thing, but really we are designed to be around people. And happiness doesn't come from pleasure. It 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 might get fun and that sort of can make you happy for a little while, but happiness comes from, you know, living for living a fulfilled life, really, living a life which is filled with with love, feeling that you're giving something, you're 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 doing something, you're giving and sharing, and, and you're building a life with, with, with someone you love, raising children, going through the struggles of building a business. This is contribution, this is contribution in your life. This is what brings people happiness. Happiness doesn't come from pleasure. Of course, it's nice to have pleasurable pursuits, it's lovely to go skiing and that sort of thing, but that, that thrill of it can only last for a certain amount of time, right? So, you know, do think about that, that, um, you know, it's what you give, what you contribute that can actually uh, make you happy, not 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 necessarily pleasure uh, or you know, just, just some momentary bit of, of happiness like food or a drink or something like that, that can, that never lasts. So you Basically, what I'm saying is you need to deal with your any negative learned beliefs that you've got. Think about what they are. Think about what might be holding you back. Otherwise, it will ruin your life. Um, and, you know, they're, they're also it, it also affects the things you do in life because, you know, you've got goals which are, uh, you know, everybody has some sort of goals, even if it's just to get to the end of the week. But there are goals where you move towards and there are goals where you move away from. So and, and moving away from goal might be, you know, I want to give up smoking. I want to give up drinking. I, I want to give up something for Lent. That's a, you're, you're moving away. But a moving towards goal might be I want to achieve X, Y, Z. Um, now you might have a goal that you want to earn more money and have a big house, which would be your moving towards goal. So that, that's great. But um, if you're trying to lose weight, that, that would be a moving away from goal. Now, fortunately, a conflict arises here when your your goals literally come into to conflict. So uh, if you're if you're trying to lose weight, for instance, that's a moving away goal, but you really enjoy sweets, you really enjoy cakes, you enjoy sugary foods, you, you like snacking all day, then that, that that's you have a problem there. That's a conflict, right? Because you know maybe which one's going to be more 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 stronger? Is your moving towards goal of of the pleasure of eating food all the time going to outweigh the, the moving away from goal of trying to lose weight and, and make that, that, that bit of sacrifice of not eating those things. So, you know, th this is this is important that you look at this because whatever's more, you know, more powerful will dry, will pull you towards that, you know. So if you're, you're moving towards goal is to, to make more money, but you're, you know, in your mind, you think money is evil, then maybe that's going to pull you away from, from actually really going for it. Or if you're, you're in your mind, you don't believe that you can achieve these things, that's going to, that's going to stop you. That, that will prevent you from going all the way and going all in. And it will certainly make you give up when, when things go wrong and you meet hurdles, as, as we all do 
in in life um and and, and this can be the same in a in a you know, in a partnership maybe you've had a bad relationship in the past you, you've had an abusive spouse or whatever you know and or you've just had a bad time in in a marriage or a relationship then you might say well you know, i don't want to trust anybody anymore i can't trust that anybody in my life and so even if you meet someone new the negative pull of that thought in the back of your mind well i did that before and it didn't work out I, you know, that that was a bad experience that could pull you away from you know leaving leading a, a happy life so you have to let go of some of that otherwise you you could be like that forever you know when i was a child i'll give you another example when i was a child we had a dog and obviously we loved the dog you know and it was a big part of our childhood and it was a fabulous dog but you know inevitably dogs don't live as long as humans you know say one year is like seven for them or seven years is like one year for in, in human terms so they, they they obviously grow old and die and, and they get sick and that sort of thing and and it died and it was very painful for the family you know when this dog died you know we're all upset we're all in tears you know we're, I, we're only kids and you know my mum was particularly upset and she said oh, I could never have another dog again you know and, and she really told us off for not treating that dog well and she's no we can never have another dog and she never did and I've never had it and it, if I think about having a dog I think about oh what's going to happen you know how are we going to look and it, it's there in the back of my mind now I, I don't want a dog really I'm not saying I want a dog but you know we could have had another dog as a family and, and that would have given us a lot of pleasure again but because of our our, our pain and, and that of uh, uh, the, the previous dog dying that it stopped us moving towards a goal of, of having another another pet so that, that's just another example it's still in my mind today you know i recently watched a bbc documentary about holocaust survivors and it was a program about prince charles who'd commissioned uh, paintings of five Holocaust survivors who still lived in the UK and these people were nearly 100 years old and if you can catch the show on BBC iPlayer or YouTube it's a really good uh, really good show and you know obviously you think it's going to be really totally uh, depressing but actually even though these people had come through horrific experiences unimaginable you know um, lost their families and they're in concentration camps with the Nazis you know they had Every reason, I'd say, to lose faith in, in human nature, in life, and just give up. But they didn't. Despite this, they've gone on to, to lead happy, and in some cases, really successful lives. You know, these people have gone on to build successful lives. Now, they had to get rid of some of that old baggage to do that. And, and they, they showed that no bitterness in, in their, their faces, and they, they'd learned to let go of the baggage of the past. Now, it must have taken a, a tremendous effort, but they learned again to trust people, to forgive people. And, and this, this then led them to lead very successful lives. And, and they were smiling, and, and one, one guy said, you know, this is the best country in the world to live in, and I've, I'm, you know, I'm grateful that uh, when I was a child that they t took me in in this country. And he's, he's built a fabulous business, and he said, this is the best country in the world. This is freedom here in, in the UK. So... That, that was a really inspiring show, and I, I recommend you, you watch that. Um, so, look, as I said, there are many books, techniques, and, and guided med meditations available to you on, on, on YouTube. There are, you know, to help you unblock these limiting beliefs, and NLP is definitely one technique for this. Find something that works best for you, uh, but, but do something. Don't just let these beliefs, because it can really be freeing to, to let th these beliefs go. Now, look, getting on to the economy in general, as I said, there is more money around than ever, but the economy is still in winter. Um, you know, we might be in spring in the UK and the sun's out and it's March and it's great. And, you know, flowers are blooming, the daffodils are out and all that sort of stuff. But the economy is definitely in, in winter months. Um, 
But winters never last forever, do they? You know, the seasons change. You know, just like a farmer who prepares for the next season, he knows that the seasons will change and there's seasons for planting, there's seasons for, for sowing, there's seasons for reaping and cutting stuff and all these sorts of things, right? Um, and you, you've got to work through the seasons. But we know that at the moment, um, this is a winter recession season. So to help you get through this, I've put out some new material, some new training. Um, last week, my podcast was also about inflation tips to help you get through high inflation. You know, we know we've got uh, rip-roaring inflation, 30-year high in the UK and a 40-year high in, in the US. So it is a problem. The cost of living is definitely affecting people. So you've got to find ways of either making those savings or, or making more money and, and getting through this. So I put together a new training which can help you uh, get through this winter, help you come out stronger, leaner, fitter and, and be prepared for this, these winter months and when you get into spring and summer you'll be much better in a much better position so this training will help you immediately get control of your finances and you'll learn how to become financially free in 28 days you'll learn how to become you won't become financially free in four weeks but you will learn how to do it and i'll take you through this this training it will go through lots of processes uh, based on my smart money manager course smart teach you how to spend wisely avoid consumer debt teach you how to manage your money properly, teach you how to review and keep your, your ship on course like a good captain or a good navigator. It will also teach you how to uh, review and track your, your income and expenditure to get immediate control of your, your money. So do click on that, that link below. It's absolutely free. It's a proper train. It's not just a, a sales pitch. It will go on for over an hour and it will really give you some useful information that can help you get through these winter months and help you come out leaner, stronger, in control of your finances and learning how to become financially free. So do check that out. Uh, I, I certainly think you, it will, you will benefit from that. So, so go, 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 go ahead and check that out right now. Thanks a lot. And I will see you again on my next broadcast. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 